This episode of the Policing Matters podcast is sponsored by the Master of Science in Law Enforcement and Public Safety Leadership Program at the University of San Diego. Learn how this nationally ranked online program can help you be a force for change at san diego.edu/slash police one. Hey, welcome back to Policing Matters. I'm Jim Dudley. Hey, I am talking to you from the Louisville, Kentucky conference site of the National Association of Field Training Officers. And I'm speaking with Dan Green. Dan, you're the president of the NAFTO and we're at the conference today. What's, what's this year's conference about? Well, this year's conference, much like every other conference, is us gathering all of uh, all the FTOs together in one place. This year we've got over 130 of them. And uh, this year's conference, again, like all the others, is bring everyone to one place, um, talk about recent uh, talk about recent events in law enforcement and how we train, how, we, uh, how training impacts them, talk about contemporary training ideas and how we can take it back to the road uh, in the into the field as trainers, trying to make good police officers, good trainers. And uh, this year we're kind of highlighting the idea that um, officer wellness is an officer safety matter. And that um, the idea of wellness and resiliency, mindfulness, um, a lengthy, healthy career and beyond into retirement is something that needs to start in the FTO program. Nice. Yeah. I, I, your schedule of trainings and breakout sessions emphasize just what you're talking about, but you're also uh, giving some better instruction tips. Uh, I'm actually doing a presentation on bringing academy uh, to the academy and FTO uh, university level uh, pedagogy. And it's so far from our first session, it's being really well received. Uh, uh, people are coming up and saying they're appreciating that kind of instruction. You're also talking about uh, how the brain works and giving the FTOs a perspective on the recruits. What's, what's your feedback so far about today's recruit? The, the feed, well, first, the feedback on the courses that, uh, like your course specifically, and the course about how the brain works has been really positive. Mostly because, like, NAFTO has been a believer in the fact that we select good police officers to become field training officers, and then don't provide them training that will help them become good teachers. Because good police officer and good teacher isn't always synonymous, right? Right. So law enforcement is behind by a few decades introducing um, adult learning technology, or I'm sorry, techniques, science, uh, how the brain uh, absorbs information, how it retains it, how it recalls it, that type of stuff. So several decades behind on that type of information. So NAFTO find we really find it important to bring that information to the to the FTOs so that they can be better trained trainers. Right. Uh, and then now the feedback in terms of the modern day recruits, our, our, our modern day 2022 recruits, is overall pretty positive, all right? There's certainly some concerns, and I, however, it's my opinion that I don't know if the concerns we have this year in 2022 are much different from 1996 when I was hired with my agency, right? It was like most of them, most of them, most concerns we have kind of revolve around the idea that we have young men and women with very little life experience 
and we're asking them with one, two, three weeks worth of law enforcement experience, because we're in the FTO program, right, to now handle conflict, handle stress, uh, physically put your hands on people, right, talk to people and try and get them to confess their crimes, right? right. So uh, whether it's 1996 or 2022, a young man or woman is going to find that very difficult. Right? It's going to find that very difficult. So right now, I think in 2022, the biggest obstacle is to try to understand we need to reach the uh, student, the student officer, in a very unique and personable way. The, w the way I was trained was everyone got trained the same way. The FTO program was a cookie cutter, right? right. And if you didn't fit its mold as a student, you're out of luck. Uh, so I think one of the biggest evolutions in in field training is that the the program molds to the student because mm -hmm. every uh, all of us adults learn in different ways yeah that's great that you say that I mean uh, being an FTO myself and seeing exactly what you're talking about I was an FTO in, in, in the mid 80s and seeing how the evolution of FTO and now my perspective as a university um, instructor we're seeing the millennials and the Gen Zers who have a different learning style, a different way of accepting feedback. Uh, they want to know more. They want to know right. how things work. So uh, we're trying to tell uh, our students today, our student FTOs, which is great. They're lifelong learners. They join your association. They come to these conferences. I think it's phenomenal. And the participation has been great. Uh, it's going to be up to them to shift to meet the needs of today's recruit. You bet. It's up to and it's up to the kindergarten teacher to shift to make to meet the needs of today's kindergartner and high schooler and a university professor. Right? It really is not. It's not up to the student to shift to meet the uh, the the classroom culture, but it's up to the classroom to shift to meet the students' culture, the the, the community that we serve as educators. Right? Yeah. So. Uh, that's that's been one of the bigger challenges is making sure that the FTO does certainly need a level of rank and authority in a student-teacher relationship, which I completely believe in. However, the FTO doesn't need to be um, applying so much uh, psychological and emotional stress that the student then stops learning. Our student officers then shut down. So, and it needs to be unique to the student. So, what we're teaching and how we're teaching should be unique to the student. In the courses we teach, we quite often ask the, the question, like, finish the answer for me. It's not what you said, it's, and the room will say it's how you said it, right? right. So then I, I switch that for the classroom so that as I go, it's not what you trained, it's how you trained it. Right. That's, what, that's what's really important. I think it's how, how you training it, how we train it is as important to what we're training. We need to train it the right way. Right. One of the biggest, I think one of the biggest transformations uh, an evolution in training has been asking the instructor to find or receive the question why as a positive question. Right. When the student asks why, it's often taken as a sign of disrespect, challenging the instructor's authority. And while that might be the case one out of a hundred, one out of a thousand times, I don't think it's always the case. In fact, I actually think it's rarely the case. I think that when they, when the student, when today's student officer asks the question why, I think they're just truly seeking for more information. And what I want all of our instructors to, to feel, I don't want them to feel challenged. I want them to feel, um, I want them, to, I want, if they're going to feel challenged, I want them to feel challenged 
to meet to answer the question to meet their needs right and give them the question why give and give them the answer yeah why not well, i mean that's the key to anything in policing policing is still a paramilitary organization but when a chief or sheriff wants to push policy down to the troops it's got a good filter through captains lieutenants and then sergeant make or break mm-hmm. uh, passes on the policy and as passed down as an edict this is what we're going to do boom as opposed to hey this was our problem mm-hmm. this is how we came up about solving it these are stakeholders that we involved in the decision making here's the policy i think that's much better received it's exactly what you're saying right and and at the end of the day even with policy changes or something we're training in the field why not show every uh, receiver of this information or this policy change how they personally benefit from it right that personal connection to what they're learning i think is critical in the field just like it would be in the classroom so that personal connection to what they're learning is critical in the field as well because i told you so is not a good answer right because it's policy kind of falls short because it's always been done that way frustrates the hell out of all of us right 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 so let's give our student officers a true personal value to uh, the personal value behind what we're training and how they how it benefit their careers in the long run right yeah so that they connect to not just what they're learning but to the culture of our profession right and that leads me to to my wrap-up question so I mean, FTOs are doing phenomenal work. They are shaping the leaders in law enforcement of tomorrow. Why would any one of our listeners who's not an FTO, why should they be an FTO? It's an, it's a, for me, it's a matter, well, I have done FTO work in some form or fashion as an FTO or an FTO supervisor or uh, the FTO program coordinator in some form or fashion for 17 of my 25 years. So it really is uh, my niche. So for me, I've done it for lots of different reasons. One is the unique challenge of teaching something. Like what's what we have in our minds and in our brains and the knowledge we have is not easily is not easily given to other people, right? So it's 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 a unique challenge. Teaching is a unique challenge. So and it being so unique means unique rewards. At my home agency, Chandler, Arizona, um, at my home agency, there's dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of young men and women that have got stories about me. Most of them are good. <laughs> I remember almost none of them. Like wh- wh- when we stop in the hallways and we think back to their time as a young officer and they uh, are r- reminiscing about a story. I have no clue. For most of them, I have no clue. But to them, it's a memory they've kept for 10, sure. 12, 15, 20 years, right? Yeah. I was I was the first became an FTO in 1998. So that's pretty cool, right? That Absolutely. is like there's yeah. lots of people out there that have got a Dan Green story. It really, that moment meant nothing to me because it was <laughs> me doing my job, but to them, They've held on to it for all, for this whole time, so I find that uniquely rewarding. Yeah, and we've been emphasizing that in our particular program about modeling the behavior. And just like you say, you're just doing your job, and you're teaching them or giving them learning opportunities, and they're holding on to that 
maybe throughout their career. That's awesome. And the, which, give, which makes the point that we make quite a bit in our classes is if they're holding on to these stories for 15, 20 years, they're holding on to the behavior you modeled right. as well. Right. Funny, stupid story of my own is when I was being trained in 96, I was told by one of my FTOs, never carry a metal pen. Never, ever carry a metal pen. Stab you in the throat, right? You'll lose an eyeball. You know, whatever. He was, he, it was a total <laughs> officer safety risk. Right. When I promoted, I promoted to sergeant 10 years later, and then one of my gifts was a set of nice little gold metal pens I can wear in my fancy gold uniform now, right? Right. So I was like, oh, metal pens for 10 years. I was like, never carry a metal pen. Right. Um, now I've got metal pens. Well, do the research. There's zero information about metal pens <laughs> killing cops anywhere. But it could happen. But my FTO told me, right? right? So for a decade, I wouldn't carry metal pens. That's great. And I was like, well, well, forget it now. Like, these pens are nice. I'm going to put my pens nice. in my uniform. Now, oddly enough, the to that story, those metal pens, gold, metal, ink, also the cap came off, and they were little little knives as well. So those pens indeed could have killed me sure. if taken away from me. Right, right. But uh, but not every other. Yeah. But well, uh, probably the guys that were going to use it to stab you in the eye are not the ones you know signing <laughs> the press hard three copies. No, no. Running a stop sign. Those pens didn't get handed out at traffic right, stops. Right, right, right. No, but I think that's a it's a great example of uh, back to back in time. One more question about why why be an FTO and. Look, it's not only uniquely rewarding, but it's also, in the same way, taking ownership of the agency's culture, mm-hmm. helping helping take ownership, at least part ownership, right? Taking part ownership of the agency's culture because you're role modeling positive culture, and it bleeds into the um, young men and women you're training, and you're taking part in the agency culture by role modeling proper work ethic. Mm-hmm. by role modeling good decision making, by role modeling positive attitude. So if at any given time any officer says, I wish something was done differently, or I wish we had a better system, or I wish we had better morale, then the FTO, being an FTO, is a great place to start making those changes. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, thanks, Dan, for taking the time, and thanks for putting on uh, the conference, the annual conference. I'm talking to Dan Green, Executive Director of the National Association of Field Training Officers. Hey, how can our listeners, if they're not an FTO, how can they, or if they are an FTO and uh, they're not a member, how can they find out more about NAFTO? Best way to do it is at NAFTO.org. Our website's got all the information they need to know about membership, about classes that we're teaching, where you can find us next year's conference, Phoenix, Arizona. So uh, our, our website's going to have all the information they're looking for. Awesome. Hey, thanks so much, and uh, great being here at the conference, uh, meeting a lot of really great people. Uh, thanks for having me. Okay. Hey, and to our listeners, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. And uh, hey, think about being an FTO. It really matters to your department, matters to law enforcement and the future of policing. So take a look at the NAFTO.org website and hey, Phoenix, Arizona next year. Why not? All right. Take good care and hope to talk to you again real soon. Stay safe. Do you want to be a better leader? Who doesn't, right?
The University of San Diego has created an incredible online master's degree specifically for law enforcement professionals. The Master of Science in Law Enforcement and Public Safety Leadership Program was developed by law enforcement for law enforcement, and it's consistently ranked as one of the best online programs in the country. Whether you're preparing for promotion or simply want to be the best leader you can be, the MS LEPSOL program will help you be a force for change. Affordable, online, and endorsed by law enforcement. Learn more at sandiego.edu slash police one.